Hi, if I could take a moment of your time before we start. If you've enjoyed previous episodes or if you enjoy this episode, if you could subscribe on the platform that you listen to, that would be really helpful. It helps us get more guests and push the podcast forward. Thanks. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Car Chat Podcast. And with me today, I have Christian von Koenigsegg. Hello. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Hi, Christian. Can you tell the audience a little bit about just sort of who you are and what you do? Well, um, I guess the short answer is I, I develop and produce cars in the company I created together with my colleagues. Mm. I am 48 years old. I, I started this company back in 1994 when I was 22 years old. And uh, yeah, this is basically what I've been doing for, for my grown life, uh, uh, grown up life, developing, uh, testing, producing, delivering extreme Swedish sports cars to the world market. I think extreme is a very good way of describing them. I've followed you and the cars for a, a long 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 time and geneva this year even though it was sort of not geneva but was geneva with the unveiling of one of your new cars the gamera i think for a lot of people and definitely myself it was like oh wow this is something completely different to what's out there and just a whole different take can we talk a bit about the gamera and what inspired it and yeah um so the Jamira is kind of a, uh, a dream of mine since 15 years back, like 10 years into developing sports cars. I got married. I had a family, kids mm. saying, um, yeah, I mean, it's very limited only being two persons in a car. Uh, of course, uh, the McLaren F1 existed already then, and they have three persons. It's a little bit better, but there you are very kind of, egocentrically placed as a driver by yourself and you have two slightly rearward passengers so if you're only two in the car it's not so social from the driver to the passenger to communicate and it's quite cumbersome getting in and out so it's like if you have more people in the car maybe you're looking for something a bit more practical as well 
So I started thinking, why, why not try to keep all the aspects of a mid-engine hypercar, mega car, but, but giving the experience to, to four people. So if you're only two persons in the car, you still maintain that kind of easy ingress, egress, and, and communication possibility with, with your fellow passenger. But then there is space for two more that, again, have a, their own kind of a space to communicate and, and hang out in. And, uh, but it's not supposed to be like a backseat experience. You have the same kind of seats as up in the mm. front, and same kind of space. You're not tucked in in the back. It's like full, full, full space also in the rear with, with, with full amenities. And, um, and also like the, the whole idea of having two doors, which is kind of a much more sportier feel than a four-door yeah. car, and it's kind of more minimalistic and potentially more lightweight and so on. But, but having that two-door experience, but being able to go in and out of the rear seats uncompromised compared to the front seats so you don't need to fold or move the front seat you can get straight in and out from the front and the rear simultaneously through only two doors and with no b pillar kind of the idea is that if you drive up to a red carpet event with a jamira maybe the star exits from the rear not necessarily yeah, from yeah. the front of the car <laughs> it's not like a gt where you're like yeah you, you can join for a ride but you will be miserable back there you know it's a it's it's a full on space in a mid engine mega car trying to avoid compromise even though we have two more seats. Was two doors the thing from the outset? Or? Yeah, very much, very much, and not only two doors. I mean, we have this unique uh, Koenigsegg uh, synchrohelis door mechanisms, and and which swings out and moves forward, and 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 those doors cater themselves very well to being long. Because if you have a normal door hinge and if you have a long door and you're parked parallel to another car, you yeah. can't get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but with our uh, hinge mechanism, the length has no bearing. It, it doesn't matter. It just goes up and forward. So it clears the whole side of the car. So it, it, it really uh, puts another spin on our existing door solution and mechanism, making it even more practical than it was. Yeah, that problem of like, even you just get in a normal like coupe that has a long door. You just can't get out of them in, in loads of spaces. That's it. That's it. So here you can park very close to another car. I mean, as close as you can that you need to get out, and the whole door is just gone, Yeah. front and rear. So it's even more practical than, even, than also having rear doors that you would kind of slam into the door, uh, the car next <laughs> yeah. to you. Here, the side of the car is just gone. And and your doors have sensors all the way around, don't they? Yeah, yeah. So there, 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 there is an um, ultrasonic sensor uh, uh, aimed outwards to check before opening for, for like um, trees or, or lampposts or, or a super high curb. Now we, the doors are actually also moving upwards, so curbs is not really a big problem unless you have these mega American like uh, storm drain curbs yeah. that can be super high. But, but then it would stop. Um, and uh, and then we have a sensor at the back of the door. So if it would get close to something in the roof or something, it would stop before it's not vertical or 90 yeah. degrees. You can still get out. And and we have checked that 90% of the world's garage roofs are higher than we need. Yeah. So most of the time you can open fully. No problem. It's pretty cool. And then obviously a huge part of all these cars is the powertrain and delivering right. crazy performance. Yeah, if there's yeah. a lot of new stuff in this car. Yeah, I mean the Jamira has um, maybe the, the the most new uh, 
never before seen combination of technologies of any car I can think mm. of. Uh, so first of all, I mean, it has a very advanced electrical powertrain. And, and if we would just put in a bigger battery pack, that would be all you need. I mean, it's a 1200 horsepower electrical powertrain, yeah. rear wheel, separate motors, torque vectoring, front wheel, torque vectoring through one electrical motor uh, with an open differential and clutches. But in order to save weight and uh, gain emotion, we have developed uh, a super compact, super efficient, super powerful little engine, combustion engine, yeah. that can run on renewable fuels. It's a flex fuel engine where we have incorporated our uh, free valve technology so we don't have any camshafts. So we can run the engine uh, uh, leaner, uh, with more torque, uh, with more power and a cleaner startup and on any renewable fuel. And, and, and as, as this engine has 600 horsepower and uh, uh, 600 newton meters of torque, and, and we use it for, for uh, propelling the car mechanically directly through our direct mm. drive system, but also to charge the battery, uh, we can have a battery pack that weighs 160, 170 kilos instead of five, 600 kilos, yeah. and the engine only weighs 70 kilos. And if you add fuel tank, exosystem, so on, maybe 100 but but it's 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 several hundred kilos of weight saving compared to a pure bev, and you get a roar. And if you run on renewable fuels and maybe solar power for your plug-in part, then you're as environmentally and CO two benign as a pure electric car, and you you carry around much less weight, which over time also is a benefit for the environment, and you get a roar. So yeah. <laughs> what we say, I mean, it, it's more complicated than making just a, a combustion engine car or just a BEV it, yeah. because it's a mix of the two. But but you add you add lightness uh, yeah. compared to to one or the other, and uh, also um, emotion and performance. It's sportier. I mean, if you can save three four hundred kilos, it's just better car around the track and performance wise around all of the things. Yeah, that was it was going to be one of my questions. So, so basically. The, the short answer is you, you, you add lightness through complexity. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Because conventional hybrids of like the normal roadie cars we type C, see all the time, they're, they're generally the weight penalty for doing the process is, is just so severe that they're actually not really any more efficient. And- no, I think the standard type of hybrids are pretty nasty. Basically, you have a, a full... BEV platform, but a small electrical motor and a small battery, but you have all those components. Mm. And then you have a, a full-on combustion engine platform with uh, gearboxes and, and this and that. And, and then you get a fairly efficient solution, but heavy and complex. Or you have the more simple solution. Uh, so the first one is, is a parallel hybrid, and then you have the series hybrid where you just put a combustion engine in as a generator. Mm. And then you have very poor efficiency because you convert uh, mechanical energy into electricity, into mechanical energy again to the roads, so you have a lot of conversions going on. So a little bit more simple, but not so efficient and very unemotional because you just have this yeah. busting engine that is disconnected from what you're doing. So with our direct drive system, we kind of overcome those two drawbacks in the sense we don't have a, a complex gearbox and so on, like the parallel hybrid. Instead, we manage to drive the combustion engine directly to the wheels with no transmission and saving transmission losses and weight and complexity. And when you're cruising on the highway, you can run purely uh, a combustion engine mm. uh, with no transmission losses. And as we are connected to the ground from the crank to the ground, you also have that sense that when, when, when you push the throttle, the car moves harder 
uh, when the engine roars, the car moves harder. And when you lift off, the engine roars less. So we have that kind of emotional connection that the RPM and, and stress of the combustion engine is, is connected to your experience, which you wouldn't have if you have a, a, a series hybrid. It would just be buzzing along uh, yeah, yeah. regardless of what you're doing, which is very annoying for a sports car. So I think the traditional hybrids are very compromised and kind of nasty. While our direct drive hybrid uh, through added complexity saves weight compared to a BEV and, and makes it much more um, environmentally conscious than just a pure combustion engine as we can regenerate electricity from braking and uh, as we can have a smaller engine and torque field from the electrical uh, propulsion systems and we can have a much, much smaller battery than a, than a pure BEV. No, it sounds like a great solution that still has come out as reasonably light in comparison, like any of these things like this from anyone else is so much heavier. Yeah. So uh, what we say, Koenigsegg is kind of a, a company. We're propulsion agnostic. Yeah. Uh, whatever makes sense. So in an expensive sports car, I would say it makes sense to have a little bit more complication if you can save weight and get more performance. And in a sports car compared to a normal car, I think uh, an engine sound, at least if it sounds good, mm. is a plus. If you take your average... Uh, commuter car especially if it's a diesel or something like that yeah. you would rather have no sound or let, let's say a mercedes s-class yeah. just the wafting along uh, i mean they're very quiet or a rolls royce you don't really looking for a sound uh, but in a sports car i think still today a little bit of a roar is something that adds to the experience yeah definitely so you've got because of that the, the the petrol part of it or the e85 part of it is is connected directly to your wheel so do you only have one gear Yes, yes. That well, it, it kind of no gears. It's the final drive, so you, okay, you have yeah. you have one gear ratio. It's like a three and a half to one or something like that. Um, so it's it's a bevel gear just to to come from the crankshaft out to the differential, basically. And in between, we have a, a, a torque converter with a lockup because otherwise we could not idle the engine when you're standing okay. still. And the torque converter, of course, helps to compensate. Uh, to build torque uh, at lower speeds and the engine can rev up a little bit. And then when you get up to, to your cruising speed or, or slightly under, we lock up and then we're in direct drive. But if you again floor it, as long as you're not in a very high speed, we open up the torque converter to help torque converter again. And when you lift off and only accelerate uh, with the 50% acceleration or less, we're still in lockup because then we don't need the help of the torque converter. So, uh, so the efficiency is really high when you're in lockup. Mm. It's a little bit less uh, optimal when you're in torque conversion, but that is so momentarily. It's like uh, a few seconds yeah. uh, per, per journey. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. <laughs> it's kind of irrelevant in a sense. And, and the does torque. the engine rev up at all in that middle bit of a process? It, it does, it does. So uh, we even have paddles, you know, so you can pre-release. It's not... In a way, it's like a kick down or a downshift if you mm. push the throttle, but you can even open and close it with a paddle. So if you open it up, the engine revs up like you're shifting down. Okay. And when you floor it, it goes up even higher, <laughs> and then it's it moves with your speed change. So it, it, it's interesting. It feels like you have like 20 or 30 gears in the car right. that are connected. You're shifting with your throttle foot. So if you're at like 30% throttle, uh, if you're in, in non-lockup mode, uh, if you're locked up, it's tied to the speed, the RPM. Yeah. But if you open the torque converter, if you're like 30% throttle, it might jump up to, let's say, 3,000 RPM. And then yeah. you hold it, and then it goes with the speed like you're locked in gear. Okay. And then if you throw a little bit more, it jumps up another 500. <laughs> but then you're again locked in. And then if you back off, you go down. So it's like instant shifting with moving of your throttle foot. Yeah. But 
as soon as you hold your foot, you're locked into some yeah. kind of virtual gear. So that it's very be... natural and very, very, yeah, exciting uh, experience. And it and it's the opposite to you know a CVT transmission where you if you floor it, it goes up to four or five thousand, yeah. uh, and it stays there from maybe twenty miles per hour to eighty miles per hour, and it feels really yeah. rubber bandy and nasty. <laughs> Here, it's always kind of connected to your uh, experience and speed change depending yeah, on yeah. your foot angle. No, it sounds that sounds really quite interesting and a completely different. Because I sort of had this idea that it was just going to be connected to speed, and it's just one note that changes. Depending. In, in lockup, yes, but but when you're open from lockup and you torque convert, it becomes mm. like a twenty-speed gearbox controlled by your right foot. Yeah, and the um, the, the free valve technology so is, is this. This is the first car you've used that in. Yeah, yeah, it's the first Koenigsegg. Absolutely, we, we've uh, over the years we've done some test cars, some old Saabs, and some other. Cars have worked with uh, some Asian uh, car manufacturers, uh, truck manufacturers, and so on, and, and 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 some other sports car manufacturers. And those some of those projects are still ongoing. Mm. Uh, of course, we're going into an electrified world, so uh, to develop the combustion engine to the next level is not on everyone's uh, uh, chart, maybe or priority. Um, but uh, as I said before, we kind of are powertrain agnostic. So if we can yeah. see an interesting mix and and make it work uh, and have benefits from that. That's what we do. And and this is the first uh, Koenigsegg that has it. And, and basically w- what it does is you can, you can control each valve in the engine, each poppet valve individually from each other, even inside one cylinder. So you can open one intake valve instead of both at lower RPM to have double the speed and turbulence compared to opening both. You need two valves in a four valve cylinder for maximum performance and high RPM, but actually at low RPM, you would rather just open one and you don't, you don't even want to open it so much. You want turbulence to, to spin around the air fuel mixture as much as possible. So opening one a little bit is much uh, more beneficial than, than two and, and a high lift and yeah. a long lift, long duration. So that it enables us to, to really optimize uh, valve timing, choose how many valves we operate uh how many cylinders we open the valves um because we can cylinder deactivate and for example we can remove the throttle body from the combustion engine because we basically throttle with the valves right. so if you know racing engines you know if you have uh, throttles directly in the intake tracks you have really good response because you yeah. don't have this air volume in the plenum that delays uh, your 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 input here we are actually controlling it per cycle in the cylinder so it becomes similar to an electrical engine that from cycle to cycle, we can go from low power to highest power per cylinder at yeah. that RPM. Also, not having a throttle means uh, we don't have to draw a vacuum in the intake, which is an energy loss. So we save about 4 or 5% fuel consumption just removing the throttle body apart from gaining the responsiveness. And then, uh, for example, the three-cylinder engine in the Jamira, it looks like a tiny little straight six because it has six uh, exhaust uh, ports hmm. and, and six um, exhaust pipes, uh, three of them going to one turbo and three of them going to another turbo. So one valve per cylinder to the first turbo and valve one exhaust valve per cylinder to the other turbo. So at low RPM, when we floor it, uh, we, we spool up, with all the gases we have in the cylinders to the first turbo to make that spin uh, earlier in the RPM range. And then we open up the second exhaust valve. So this means from a two liter three cylinder engine, 
we have uh, 600 newton meters of torque. Well, sorry, uh, 400 newton meters of torque at 1700 RPM and 600 newton meters of torque at 2200 yeah. RPM or something like that, which is just unheard of. Yeah. Because we can, we can, well, on top of spooling up the turbo, we can have higher compression ratios. We have a uh, yeah, better uh, fuel, air mixture, and all these things. So it becomes this small little engine can replace basically a big, normally aspirated V8. And with, with um, yeah, but it still fits in any small engine space. So it basically yeah. replace almost all engines out there in, in one little package. In terms of comparing, I don't know, the engine you might find in a Ford Fiesta or something to that, to your engine with the free valve technology, how much more efficient is it? Uh, so overall? I would, I would say efficiency per size of engine. Yeah. It's not a huge difference. It's maybe a few percent leaner, mm. but we have five times as much power and torque. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so if you compare instead uh, power and torque to efficiency, well, then you have to compare to like a, a, a racy five liter yeah. uh, E8 or something. And then, then it's huge. Then it's like 30, 40%. Yeah. And, and emission wise, even to a small engine, it's probably 50, 60% cleaner than a wow. small Fiesta engine because the cold start is 90% of your emissions. As soon as your catalytic converter is warm, basically it's clean air coming out yeah. uh, but before the catalytic converter is warm and the engine is cold it's all based on how clean you can burn the cold engine and with free valve we can get much better turbulence and quicker heat up of the combustion chamber than otherwise so we make those those 20 seconds before the catalytic converter is warm so much more efficient it's like 90 percent cleaner there yeah. so overall in a test cycle it's about 50 percent cleaner so on top of, of, of being more frugal, it's it's uh, much less emissions, especially in the cold start. And then you can run on any renewable fuel in any climate. So, yeah, it's it's very much, uh, you can be CO neutral and pretty much zero pol- polluting. Not only that, and, and this doesn't only go for, for free valve engines, but if you have a modern combustion engine that is warm and you're driving in, in for example, Beijing, where you have a yeah. lot of, air pollution from coal plants that make electricity for the electrical cars, mm. you're actually an air cleaner because you burn <laughs> up the particles from the coal plant and it comes less particles out from the exhaust. So if you run on renewable fuel and you have free valve and, and you hardly have any emissions and you clean the air from the coal plant, you actually clean <laughs> the air from the electrical cars. And nice. I'm not an electrical car opponent. I mean, I really love them and I think that's the future in many, many ways. Uh, but it's kind of funny yeah, yeah. How this kind of old school technology that is not, <laughs> um, uh, let's say, well, which is kind of frowned upon nowadays, yeah. can, can have some benefits. <laughs> yeah, no, that that is that's pretty funny. The idea of having like a carbon negative car, <laughs> <laughs> right? No, that's, it's it's very cool. So all of this power, this is just a, a small point. It's got to go to the ground at some point, and you're running on Pilot Four S's with that car. How come you're yeah. on them rather than like Cup 2s or Cup 2Rs or something like that? Um, so in the dimension, uh, the wheel dimension we have right now, there are no uh, Cup 2s or Cup 2R oh, okay. tires. And this is, of course, a little bit more of a family hyper-mega car. Mm. And, I mean, we have like uh, ski racks and uh, roof boxes and so on. And, and uh, you probably drive them in a little bit more varied climate as well. And, yeah. and, I mean, the Cup tires are amazing in the dry. 
but the 4S is, of course, much faster in the wet. Yeah. So, and, and they are very sporty. I mean, basically, the 4S is the replacement of the old super sport tire. And, and we have four-wheel drive, so we can still do zero to... Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 60 under two seconds with four S tires. Yeah. And, and, and it's, but if, if Michelin would create a cup tire in that dimension, we would for sure offer it yeah. for people living in, in warmer, not so rainy climates uh, and further enhance the performance of the car. And, and we will see. Maybe maybe they will make a tire for us. I don't know yet. But 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 for the time being, it's for us. Yeah, yeah. It's a very sporty tire. It's not a cup tire, but as an overall, let's say, varied climate, also rain situation yeah. for this type of car, it's a pretty good compromise. Yeah, imagine driving a car and any of your cars, to be honest, in the wet or in snowy, slippery. Must be quite interesting. <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, we we have our test track here in Sweden, and and we actually drive our rear wheel drive, uh, uh, one megawatt or more powered cars with cup tires down to plus ten degrees or so, yeah. flat out. Um, and uh, our traction control systems are just amazing. Stability control is out of this world. So the car helps you a lot. Mm. Uh, and and but also having said that, having winter tires on a winter road. With, with a mid-engine car like a Koenigsegg, it's a lot of fun because yeah, yeah. you have so much control. You sense every little movement. It's basically, if you're on a straight road, you, you flick the wheel a little bit. You can go sideways for like 30 meters control <laughs> in a straight line and then flick back again. And, and uh, it's just a lot of fun. Even though you can't really use the power, you can use the balance of the car. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and that uh, feeling of lightness and connected. Yes. We had a Norwegian customer. He drove his CCX up to Murmansk in Russia in the middle of the winter, minus 30 degrees. Nice. So, I mean, they, they work also in the winter. It, it's the best fun driving around in the winter in, in any it's car. It's a lot of fun, absolutely. Definitely sports cars. Um, can we move on from the Jamara to the Yesco and the Absolute version? So, can you describe just a little bit of highlight the sort of the what that car is or what it's about absolutely absolutely so um well, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yeah well so we made a jesco and um, we we saw that the base shape of the car was extremely aerodynamic if efficient i mean the the the, the track focus jesco is really 
doing its best to push the car down into the ground. And if, when you do that, you, you add drag. So if you don't do that efficiently, you, you have a lot of energy lost. Hmm. Uh, so we, we put in a really slippery base shape of the car uh, and, and, and then started pressing it to the ground to not have uh, too, too much energy loss. But that, that also meant that if we focused on a car that uh, doesn't have as much downforce, still plenty, I mean, we're talking 700 hmm. kilos, but, but remove that massiveness up to a ton of downforce, it became extremely slippery. And, and with our uh, nine-speed gearbox that we developed for the ESCO, the, the light-speed transmission, yeah. it meant that even without changing gear ratio, we, we, the, the eighth and ninth gears are very, very tall. Uh, so we didn't even have to change that to go really, really fast. So we basically took the, the ESCO shape and optimized it for high speed, uh, added uh, uh, rakes to increase high-speed stability that surprisingly, when we started developing them, actually also reduced drag because it created some favorable vortexes over the rear to reduce the wake of the car. Mm. Um, so we ended up with a, with, with, with a drag of CD of 0278, which is the lowest drag I've heard of any car with these kind of wide tires, yeah. big air intakes, having to cool uh, such a big en- engine. And and when we started running the numbers of the power curve of the engine, the transmission, the drag, we said, holy, holy <laughs> crap, this is going to be really, really fast. So much faster than we, in a way, want to go. But but uh, it was kind of low-hanging fruit to create the world's fastest homologated production car ever. Yeah. Uh, and, and we just couldn't resist it. But at the same time, we said, this is it. It's crazy fast, too fast, and, and no one should ever drive that fast or faster <laughs> ever. So th- this is the last time we do it. Yeah. And, and, um, and I want to point out really that, I mean, th- there are a lot of these uh, records floating around. And uh, to us, at least from our perspective, it makes a very big difference if you have a properly homologated road car with emission testing, closed loop, uh, crankcase ventilation, uh, diagnosed catalytic converters that need to last over time, uh, crash testing, smart airbags, all of these things, because we spend 80% of our time uh, development budgets on those homologation yeah. issues, 20% to develop the performance <laughs> of the car in comparison. So, uh, for example, when uh, when Bugatti did this 300+, plus, it's a, yeah. it's a rough prototype that is modified and the, the, the real version is much slower. Yeah. Uh, or, or if you take these, uh, some of these American so-called production cars, they are not homologated at all, so yeah. they can focus on, on, on speed, more or less like one of those salt uh, flat yeah. cars. I mean, then there are much faster cars than than these type of cars. So, yeah. to us, it's important to point out at least that to have a fair game, it should be apples to apples. Yeah. To go really fast with a vehicle is impressive and, and 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 it's a big achievement, but please compare apples to apples. Yeah, 100%. And will we ever see a high-speed run of that sort of speed? Uh, we hope so. Um, yeah. Our ambition is to do it. It is, again, about uh, finding a stretch of road and talking to authorities and yeah. having all the safety measures in place. And when we're there, not having too much wind or rain or this and that, and it's a big endeavor every time. So you, you basically, the stars needs to be aligned. Yeah. Uh, and and we will push push for that and 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 hope that happens and, uh, and that's the ambition. Yeah, and presumably there just aren't many places on the planet that you can do it. 
No, uh, I mean there are many roads that are potential, but to be allowed to do it yeah. is difficult. And the ro- the road that we found in Nevada for the Agera RS when we took the two seventy seven point eight miles per hour <laughs> record, which still stands today for homologated production car. I wouldn't say the road was ideal. It was pretty good. It was a little bit undulation, so we really yeah. had to go two directions to even out those, and 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 it wasn't very wide. Uh, it was fairly smooth, uh, but there was no fencing, so animals could run in and out. Yeah, it and, looked sketchy. Uh, yeah, but but we were allowed. The yeah. authorities allowed us, uh, and that was the main thing. Uh, and and it, we deemed it as yeah, hopefully safe enough, you know. Mm. And, did whatever we could to make it as safe as possible, cleaning the road and so on. But for sure, like some ger- stretches of German autobahn would be even yeah. more suitable uh, or other roads. So, so it's about finding the right uh, venue from uh, being allowed and, and weather and climate and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I hope, I hope you manage to pull it together. Obviously, it's going to be very, 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 very fast. Yes, <laughs> a lot has evolved since the Agera RS, and that yeah. was yeah. definitely pretty fast. <laughs> Let's say, put it like this: it's much more powerful. It has a higher RPM range. It has much lower drag, and and a taller uh, uh, gear ratio. So, um, yeah, I mean, our simulations tell us it's going to be pretty crazy. If you redlined it in the Top Gear, what would that be? Not being super exact here, but in miles per hour, maybe 330 or something. Yeah. Something like that. So the but, gearing's there. <laughs> yeah. We don't expect to, to hit the rev limiter in yeah. life. No. <laughs> but, but, but some were not too far away from it. Yeah. That would be, I, I hope, I hope it happens at some point because it's just a mad, mad, mad thing. That's, Do you ever is. wake up in, in the morning and just go like, how did we get to this point making these crazy, crazy cars? Yeah, I mean, p- 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 I get the question quite often. So, did you ever expect Koenigsegg to become what it is today? Mm. And I, I was thinking about it. So I really, I, I kind of didn't expect it not to become whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, any outcome was a possibility. So, this was one of them. And, and, and of course, working day and night, fighting for something for, for 20 years, you do that with the hope of a good outcome and mm. that it becomes something. And, and, and I was lucky enough or whatever that it worked out and, and we're still growing. And, uh, um, and, and, and that was a potential outcome and it was the one I hoped for. Yeah. Yeah. But, what's your, what's your favorite part about being who you are or do, and doing what you do? I guess the freedom, I have a huge degree of freedom in, in, uh, in being allowed to create wild fantasies <laughs> i think that's my favorite part yeah like, that's awesome we- it's like someone comes up it's not only me coming up with it someone comes ah, maybe yeah, yeah. we could do this like, that's pretty wild but why don't we turn it up to 11 and just go for it you know <laughs> I, I can do that you know it's, yeah that's so cool is, yeah. is this the free valve tech going to trans cross over into you're going to try and use that in more and more engines going forward. Yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, it will be the basis for Koenigsegg engines going forward. Yeah. Secondly, uh, we didn't work 20 years to develop that technology <laughs> just to have it to ourselves. It wouldn't make sense. Yeah. So we hope there will be some other applications and we're working with some other companies uh, trying it out. And I think it all depends on legislation if you're allowed to have yeah. combustion is not but but there are other areas like uh, trucks boats airplanes mm-hmm. where batteries still will even if you uh, 
let's say, optimize the battery technology significantly, it's still a big compromise for those kind of uh, yeah. uh, modes of transportation. And and uh, I do, however, like in, in, in what we spend energy and time on, I want to have a, a good consciousness that it's actually good for for a, from a bigger picture kind of thing. Yeah. And, and there are a lot of new uh, ways of doing renewable fuels in a very good way. And uh, I think there's like waste products that you can ferment and so on that becomes alcohols that maybe rather than just drinking it all and methanol you should definitely <laughs> not drink, but just throwing that away or digging it into the ground or something, uh, it, 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 it's probably worthwhile using it for propulsion as yeah. they are CO2 neutral and as we can avoid pollution and, and as we can have lighter vehicles or whatever. So I think it's kind of a part of the renewable future and, uh, if everyone stares blindly at electrification, we're not seeing the total picture. Yeah. Like what sort of, how would you split Koenigsegg as like a the tech company versus a car company? Like, is so, it, you, you predominantly yeah. making cars and a bit of tech or how does, it, how does that work? <laughs> I, I, I would say uh, we predominantly make tech that becomes cars. But okay, yeah. I mean, we, we make our own electrical platform, all the circuit boards, all the software, uh, the OTA, um, uh, cloud communications, apps, um, uh, brakes, wheels, um, mm. all of it is in-house developed. And, and we always kind of have an ambition to, to see if someone else has an interest in those uh, yeah. uh, developments because it would make sense to make some money on, on them rather than just for our low-volume yeah. cars. However, we're, we haven't really been geared as a company to act as a supplier to other companies. We have the tech, mm. but we don't have the organization to support uh, really other companies so well. But we're building on that. So we're a tech company that mostly make our own cars <laughs> but that, that have an ambition to also sell our tech. Yeah. And I, I love it because you see with all these companies out there making in the same sort of category, like hyper car type things, most of them, a lot of them, not all of them, don't seem to make innovate that much of their own stuff and that's that's one of the things i love about what you guys do is like you are constantly coming up with these new things whether it's a gearbox that's like 40 percent lighter than the than the opposite that sort of thing and it's just it makes it as like an enthusiast like a really appealing it's a really appealing brand it's one of my favorite brands to follow because you just are pushing this stuff yeah i mean you you get something different than unique from a from a user perspective and from an emotional perspective and as you say most of our let's say mostly other sports car manufacturers are integrators of others technologies yeah. they wrap them in their own skin their own aerodynamics their own style their own brand but they mostly integrate uh, technology from other places and but i i would say there is a slight of a trend shift uh, there is more and more in-house developing going on in in many of these mm. companies uh, which i find uh, yeah makes them more interesting from my perspective but we are extreme i mean i think regardless (laughs) of size of car company we're the most vertically integrated in the world because who who under the same roof we make our own carbon fiber wheels brake calipers electronic controllers software upholstery uh, wiring harness uh, painting uh, carbon fiber you know it's 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 uh yeah pretty pretty wild (laughs) yeah no it's cool right i'm aware we're sort of running out of time so normally i wrap these up with five questions and i'll see i'll see if we can get through them 
first question, five car garage, unlimited value. Wow. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that one. Um, there's so many cool cars out there, but um, regardless of value, so um, I would say, um, yeah, this is really not expensive or unexpensive. I, I think the Ferrari Dino is very beautiful. Mm. I would like to have a 4 GT. Um, the original Old one or new one? Uh, I, I love the new one as well, actually. But I, I think the, the the original one is more emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a, a Lotus Esprit Turbo, and that was one uh-huh. of my hero cars when I was a kid. I've never driven a Countach, but of course it was on my wall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'll probably be disappointed if I drive it, but I will have one. <laughs> uh, uh, and one of your own? Sorry? Would you have one of your own? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, if I'm allowed to say that, I didn't know that there were... You, okay, you, so, you can do... Yeah. yeah. So I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll keep the CCR I have, yeah, <laughs> um, and of course, uh, yeah, the 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 Regera and the Gemini. Oh, now it's starting to become difficult, of course, because how yeah. do I? It's like choosing between your kids, like. You know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, of course, a couple of Canning Six on top. Couple, of, yeah, exactly, bolted on. Yeah. Uh, if you could only drive one car for the rest of your life, and you're allowed like a five hundred pound beater on the side. So I would guess uh, that for many reasons, then that would be the Jamira because it, mm. has, it, it has the ethos of everything we do at Koenigsegg and I can bring more friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. I rate that. Okay. What do you think is the most undervalued car at the moment? In the world? Yeah, in the world. Uh, undervalued. Uh, there are many undervalued cars. Um, I think maybe... Uh, the 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 late generation uh, or let, let's say the last few uh, V12 card engines with manual gearboxes, mm. some Ferraris like 550s, yeah. uh, like the analog, the an, the modern analog cars in general, like yeah. where you have all those old school um, kind of fun features, but modern safety features as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are very appealing to me at the moment. Like yeah. whether it's a Aston Martin DBS or exactly. 550 or whatever, all that that sort of area where there's a crossover of you still have sound system and tech. And exactly, it's still kind of a modern car, but you have those old school fun things to play around with. Yeah, totally. Okay, and last question: What is the most interesting car to you at the moment? Uh, to me, yeah. Uh, the most interesting car to me at the moment, uh, and I will exclude Koenigseggs, <laughs> just for the sake of it. Um, I, I would say what, what pops into mind is uh, is probably the the Valkyrie, because uh, mm-hmm. it's just so extreme. Not yet sure in my mind if it really is a road car. If, if it is, like Adrian Newey says, something you can go grocery shopping with and, <laughs> and, and, and uh, anyone can drive and this and that, then it's extremely cool. If it if it's more of a just a racing car, well then it's more just a racing car. So yeah, we'll yeah. see what it feels like in the end. Apart from that, I think I mean Tesla when it comes to electric cars, they're really I think ahead of the game generally yeah. speaking. And uh, I think it's fun how Elon Musk always like yeah, I'm going to do a Model S with two seconds to uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred for uh, for like hundred and fifty thousand euro with eleven hundred yeah. horsepower. It's just it's fun how a big car company, they're a big car company now, I mean, how they're still wild and young at heart and don't give a shit. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, and it's funny, I was chatting to some friends yesterday and we were talking about um, uh, modern stuff. Like I said, someone's getting a 765 LT and we were talking about performance and two of my mates always have this like battle about whose car's quickest between certain speeds or whatever. Right. And, and we were looking at it and he was talking about something else and not 60 times. And it's like, well, is it faster than a Tesla? And the fact that that is, is even a conversation exactly. that you're exactly. like a family saloon car or even the big, the model X or whatever is like not 60 <laughs> two point, whatever. Like, and and uh, none of the established car brands, uh, high volume car brands would ever, I mean, they sit in these, uh, let's say meetings, uh, with a lot of decision makers and yeah, let's let's make this big SUV do zero to hundred two point five seconds. Are you nuts? Why would, that, <laughs> why would anyone want that? But you know, people want that. So yeah. um, and, and and you need you need some kind of almost dictator character like Elon Musk to push it through in a big company yeah. for it to happen. And that is the thing with these electric cars. If you've got the motors in there, and you can do the performance, like it's yeah, absolutely, it's very doable. Yeah, absolutely. Do so. We- uh, we're just a little bit lighter and uh, kind of short braking distance and faster cornering on top of that. <laughs> and a lot more fun and look a lot Five cooler. Five hundred kilos lighter and twice the power. So. <laughs> Will we see an all-electric Koenigsegg at some point? Uh, potentially. As I say, we are uh, powertrain agnostic. Yeah. So if we can conceive uh, a range, performance, uh, endurance, pure electric car that beats our lighter, more complex hybrid mm. or, or pure combustion engine cars, and we allow ourselves to sacrifice the sound, which we might, yeah. then we would. Yeah, totally. if, it, if, it, if it is a totally more compelling package from a performance perspective, yes. Yeah. But, do you but think right the, now we don't see that. Do you think the customers are there for fully electric cars at the moment? Uh, to in, certain in your degree, sort of category? Let, let, let's say in, in this extreme segment, less so than in normal cars, but more and more. Um, mm. And it takes getting used to. I think it has a lot to do with uh, how to differentiate yourself. Yeah. People are not as uh, aware of V8s, V12. I mean, like they are with V12s, V8s, yeah. ECTs, nine speeds, seven speeds, you know, sounds and all of these things. It's just electric to people. And, yeah. and in, in many ways, it is more difficult to differentiate. But uh, eventually, I think, yes. Yeah. I think it will get there because yeah. if that's where everything's going, yeah, exactly. That is what it's but, going to but be. But then coming with something that still roars and spits fire, mm. and and you're allowed to because it's clean, uh, might stick out a little bit, right? Totally, totally. That's what I want. I want like <laughs> I want that naturally a, a proper engine. Well, from my point of view, a proper right. a sound, a, a, an experience. Yeah. Driving cars is about the experience. And if, I mean, transportation we can have in so many other ways. And, exactly. And, and sports cars should be a bad experience, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. It's been great to, to speak. And, uh, thank you so much. I wish you luck, and I'm looking forward to what's coming next, whenever that is. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, next, I guess, is uh, getting Jesco on the production line next year. Yeah. And, and then the Jimira to follow. Yeah, totally. Well, thanks very much. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.